But my Savior in love gave me peace from above when He reached down His hand for me. When the Savior reached down for me, He had to reach way down for me. I was lost and undone without God or His Son. He reached down His hand for me. How my heart does rejoice since I made Him my choice. In the tempest to Him I can cling there to lean on His arm safe, secure from all harm when He reached down His hand for me when the Savior reached down for me he had to reach way down for me I was lost and undone without God or his son when he reached down his hand for Luke chapter 16 this morning, Luke chapter 16, in the Lord good, when I couldn't reach up to Him, He reached down to me, and He picked me up, and He set my feet upon the rock, got me out of that miry clay, and He established my goings, and I'm glad there's a loving Savior willing to reach down for us. I want you to know that you hadn't gone too far that God can't reach down and pull you out of what you're in. You say, preacher, I'm too far gone. Nobody's too far gone for the power of an Almighty God. I'm telling you, He can reach down deeper than you could ever imagine. We can't comprehend the love of God. We can't understand. Where sin abound, grace did much more abound. And I'm glad even though sin abound in my life, the grace of God was greater than my sin. And I want you to know the grace of God is still greater than sin today. If you're here this morning and never been saved, you need to be saved today. I want you to look in Luke chapter 16 and in verse 19. I want you to stand with me for the reading of God's Word. If there's anything worth standing up for, it's God's Word this morning. Luke 16 and verse 19. 
There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels unto Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torment, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water, and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. And Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thou good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot. Neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, that they also come unto this place of torment. Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come to this place this morning, You have selected a sermon that You have put on my heart this week that has burdened me. And overwhelmed me. And Lord, I am saved by Your precious blood. And there is no doubt where I'm going when I die, and I'm going to heaven. But Lord, You put that place called hell on my heart this week. Not because I'm going there, but because there are people dying and going to that place every day. And Lord, the reality of hell loses its effect on us so often. But Lord, I pray that You would help us focus for a little while on that place called hell. Help us as saved people to realize how real hell is. So that it would motivate us to the place that we would have a burden and a love for lost souls. That it would drive us and give us passion for our lost family. And dear God, if there's somebody in this place that's lost, may You make hell so real in their hearts today. That they just can't let, that they just cannot take it anymore, that they give in to your conviction, and that they would choose heaven today. Lord, I'm glad that you can reach down from heaven and save lost sinners. Lord, I pray that you'll save sinners today. Lord, I love you and I praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want to preach to you this morning on the place called hell. On the place called hell. I want to keep everybody's attention as much as possible. I know there's a lot of children, a lot of things going on, but I praise God for that sound this morning. I I don't mind that one bit. I've been in lots of churches where you didn't hear that cry, and I praise God for that cry. And it doesn't bother me, and don't let it bother you. Amen? We're going to give ourselves to the Word of God this morning, and may His will be done in this place. But I think it's imperative by the Spirit of God that we talk about that place called hell. The place called hell. This week, 
my attention was put on that place called hell. I talked about this Wednesday night to the little ones. But this week, one of the smartest men of our generation passed away. And we know that Stephen Hawking passed away. This man invented all kinds of theories and came up with all kinds of uh, explanations, if you will, of how God does not exist. And he spent his entire life, I believe 70-something years, trying to prove how God did not exist. By his own confession, he was an atheist. By his own confession, he did not believe in God. By his own confession that he said heaven was not real. If he did not make a heart change, when he died the other day, he opened his eyes up in that place called hell. And as we talk about this, and as the world talks about it, we talk about what a brilliant man. What an awesome mind. Child of God, how sad it is to be so smart that you can't even see God. To be so smart that you miss that place called heaven. Get all the money you want that this world has to offer. Get all the knowledge that the textbook can offer you. But child of, or child of God, lost person this morning, if you don't have Jesus, you don't have anything. And according to the Word of God, that if He left this earth without receiving Jesus as His personal Savior, he opened up the, the eyes of his soul in that place called hell. And I believe it's imperative for us to be reminded that people die and go to hell every day. I believe it's imperative for us to remember and to be reminded that hell is a real place. And people die and go there every day. Good people go to hell. Great people go to hell. People that live good lives. People that acted great. People that love people. They die and they go to hell. Hell is a reality. Hell is a place that we need to remember this morning. Hell is a real place that real people die. We have family members that die and go to hell. We have friends that die and go to hell. I'm telling you, I've been to more funerals and preached more people into heaven, but I don't ever remember preaching anybody into hell. We have developed... This fairy tale mentality. Brother Carl, it seems like everybody that dies in southeast Arkansas goes to heaven. But Jesus said in Matthew 7, Enter ye in the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. The Bible says that there will be more that goes to hell that goes to heaven. And quite frankly, if I got up at a funeral and preached people into hell they would run me out of the place. Quite frankly, we don't want to talk about it. We don't want to think about it. And we definitely don't want to admit when our loved one has gone to that place called hell. But, but people, it happens. Every day it happens. Hell is a reality. And we must look and consider that place called hell. In Luke chapter 16, we find a man... By the, all we know him as the rich man. He had everything this whole world had to offer, but he did not have Jesus. It goes to show you can have it all, but if you don't have Jesus, you've missed out on the greatest thing. And this man went through this world and never received Jesus as his personal Savior. And the Bible says that he died and he went to that place called hell. Jesus gives us a look into this place called hell. The Son of God, the official spokesman of God, said that hell is a real place. A lot of people say hell does not exist. Jesus said it exists. 
If the Son of God said it's real, you better listen because it's real. If God said hell's real, hell's real. God said heaven's real, heaven's real. And may I tell you, hell's a real place and heaven's a real place. When you die from this whole earth, you don't go to a resting place. You don't go to the dirt and sit there in this holding place. You die, is what the Bible says. And you either go to hell or you go to heaven. Number one, I want us to notice the sensation of hell. I want you to look in verse 22. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels in Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. We see here in this verse that two men died. One man went to heaven, went to paradise, the holding place for the saints at the time. And the other man died and was buried, is what the Bible says. This word died means death. And death is simply this, separation between body and soul. So when you die, this is the separation between your body and your soul. Listen, it is appointed unto man once to die. Every man is going to die. Every person is going to die. You don't know your time. I don't know my time. But we do know this. We're going to die. And what that means is our soul will be separated from our body. And I believe the other day when Brother Ronnie Bowen passed away and he left this whole earth behind that the angels, just like in this picture here, came down and retrieved the soul of Ronnie Bowen and took him into glory land. And that's what happens. But there's one that the angels came, retrieved the soul, took him into paradise with God's people. But the other one died and was buried. The word death means separation. In Romans 6.23, the Bible says, For the wages of sin is death. That word death is a little different. It's not the separation between body and soul, but it is separation between you and God. Hell is separation between you and God. This man died and was buried. His soul left his body and went to that place called hell. Now you listen to me. When you die and your body's sitting up here, you're not in this casket. It's not you. Your soul of who you are is gone. When uh, Monday morning, we come up here, or Tuesday morning, we had Ronnie Bowen's funeral. This was not Ronnie Bowen sitting here. His soul was gone. You do not go sit in the dirt. You don't sit in your casket. Your soul separates from your body. We see two men that died. One soul went to heaven. One soul went to hell. We see the sensation of hell. Notice it says in verse 23, And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torment. We see that this man, when he opened his eyes in hell, he had all of his senses. He sensed hell. He saw hell. He heard hell. He felt hell. He smelt hell. Every sense that you have right now, you have those same senses for eternity. And you, you smell, you look, you think, you see, just like here that you do today. If you die today and you went to that place called hell, you're going to see hell. You're going to feel hell. You're going to smell it. You're going to hear it. I'm telling you, all of your senses will be there. For whatever reason, we think we just sit there and we're done and there's nothing left. Friend, when you leave from this earth, it's just the beginning. This earth is short, but eternity is forever. Hell is forever. Heaven is forever. And when you get there, you will have all of your senses. 
I'm telling you, you'll be able to see, you'll be able to think, you'll be able to smell, you'll be able to touch. And the Bible said that He lift up His eyes. I'm telling you, you will not be blinded by the flame. You will not be senseless of what's going on. You will feel the full effects of that place called hell. Your mind will not be numb to it. You will feel the full effects of being separated from God. You'll feel the full effects of that place called hell. And it, but I got good news for you. Not only will the lost person feel hell, but the saved person will feel heaven. Amen. I'm telling you, when we get to glory land, we'll have all of our full senses. We'll be able to see it. We'll be able to hear it. We'll be able to touch it. We'll be able to smell it. I'm telling you, we will have all of our senses in eternity. This man saw it. He felt it. The torment that was there. Just as you are alive and full of your senses today, eternity will be the same. I'm telling you, hell is a place that will be felt. Hell is a place that will be experienced. Hell is a place that will be felt for all of eternity. Look what it says here. The effect of hell is torment. He felt it. He saw it. And what was the effect? He was in torment. He was in torment. The Bible says that he was in torment, even in verse 25. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. Even Abraham, seeing the man that was in torment. The word torment means to be in extreme pain or distress. This man was full of pain. And everything that he felt was pain and anguish. Have you ever been, have you ever broken a bone? Or have you ever gotten that place? I remember one time I was 12 years old and my appendix ruptured. And I remember the pain that was there. And according to this word torment, this man was in torment. This man was like having an appendix rupture all over his body. And it was complete pain from head to toe that this man was experiencing, okay? And according to what it said, that there was no relief to this torment. I'm telling you, he felt the full effects of hell and it affected him from his head to his toe. And it was the most painful scene that you can imagine. I want you to know this is what this man was going through. I want you to look in Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9. If you're with me, say amen. Mark chapter 9. Notice the torment of this place. Notice in verse 45 it said, And if thy foot offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter halt into life than having two feet to be cast into hell into the fire that never shall be quenched, where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And if thy eye offend thee, pluck it out. It is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire, where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. Have you ever been camping out and you've seen a fire, and you're there around the campfire, and you could see the glow around that wood, and you could see the glow around that flame, and I'm telling you the heat from it, it's just burning you up. Have you ever roasted marshmallows and you went up there and you didn't even have to get the marshmallow in the flame, just getting it up to the flame scorched it? This is what this man is going through. 
This man is living. Now, we lived in southeast Arkansas in August, okay? We know what heat's like. But the heat in hell is turned up a hundredfold. And it is an extreme heat that cannot be lived in joyfully, if you will. It absolutely will torment you to death to the point and the place that you are in utter pain all the time. Now, friend, we're not talking about a week's worth of pain. We're talking about an eternity full of pain. We're talking about an entire lifetime full of pain for all of eternity. And the man said, would you come and would you just bring a drop and let me cool my tongue because I'm tormented in this flame. This man was hot. This man was tormented. He was in complete pain that he asked the very man that he was so rude to during his life to come bring that water to him. And the reality of this story is this man is still requesting that drop of water. The the pain has not quenched. The fire has not stopped. There's no relief to this pain. When I was in Texas, I fought fire. And I'll never forget uh, fighting a skitter fire one day. And I was standing there in pine tops. And I had uh, structure boots on. And I'm sitting there fighting this fire. And it was all in the tops. And I would have to make a hole. And I would put water in it so I could stand in it just to give me some relief. But in about two minutes, the heat would suck up that water. And I'd begin to feel heat through those structure boots. Can you just imagine what hell is going to be like? And the bad thing about it is you can't turn it off. You can't stop it. You can't relieve it. When you get a headache here, you can take a Tylenol and get the pain gone. But there's no relief. There's no medicine. There's no doctor there. It's a pain that is there forever and ever and ever. It never stops. It never goes away. Have you ever had a migraine and it got down in your head and you just thought, oh, would you go away? Oh, would you go? And you pop pills and pop everything to get a little relief, child of God. Lost person, hell is a reality of pain that will never go away. There's nothing there to solve the problem in more because when you're there it's too late it's too late to for the remedy it's too late for the relief i'm telling you right now is when you better get relief before you ever get there because once you get there there's no coming back there's no coming back number two notice the separation of hell in luke chapter 16 in verse 26 Now, at this time, hell and paradise was close to one another. Paradise was a holding place of God's people. When Jesus left the cross, they put His body in the tomb. Three days while He was there, He went down into the center part of the earth, into paradise, and got His saints and carried them to heaven. You say, preacher, why weren't they in heaven to begin with? Because Jesus said, no man can come unto my Father but by me. Jesus led the captivity captive, led them into heaven. At this time, paradise and hell was close together. The Bible says that there was one thing separating it, and it was a gulf fix. Notice what it said. And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed. He said, send him that he may bring water to cool my tongue. He said he can't because there is a great gulf that is fixed. A great gulf is a separating line. That once you cross that line, you cannot cross that line anymore. And he used the word fixed to describe this line. 
And the word fixed in the Greek here means to set fast, to be steadfast, to fix firmly. That means that once you cross that line, you cannot come back across that line. That once you have entered into that place called hell, that it is a place of no return. And that you are separated and that you can never come back across the line. You never get another chance. You never get another opportunity again. That once you're there, you can't, okay, I changed my mind, God. He's real. I changed my mind. I want to be saved. It's a place of no return. That once you get in hell, it's done. You can't leave it. You can scream and holler and shout all you want to. You cannot leave it because there's a great gulf that's fixed. It is a permanent line around hell. That once you cross that line, you cannot go back across it. That you are separated for all of eternity, forever and ever and ever. I want you to hold your finger there and look in Second Thessalonians chapter 1. If you're with me, say Amen. I know this isn't a sermon we'd like to hear, but I believe it's a sermon we need to hear sometimes. That hell is a real place. We need to be reminded of the realities of hell. We need to be reminded, lost person, saved person, of how real this place is. Second Thessalonians chapter 1. We talked about the fire. We talked about all this. Here to me is the worst part of hell. It says in verse 8, "...in flame and fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God, and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ." Now listen. Verse 8 reveals this is the lost people. Verse 9 is a consequence. "...who shall be punished with everlasting destruction." How long is the destruction, preacher? Everlasting. Forever and ever. From what? From the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power. Do you know what the worst thing about hell is? Is the separation that you will have for all of eternity. You will be completely separated from God for all of eternity. If you're sitting here this morning, you've never been saved, understand that you're under the umbrella of grace. That God has given you one more day to receive Him. God's given you one more chance. God's given you one more time, one more opportunity. And aren't you thankful for that grace? Aren't you thankful for that love? Aren't you thankful for that mercy? Friend, when you get to that place called hell, that love has ended. That grace has ended. There's no more mercy. There's no more forgiveness. There's no more redemption. There's no more salvation. There's no more shouting. You are separated from God and everything that goes along with Him. You are separated from Him for all of eternity. Not only are you separated from God, but you're separated from love. No longer will you ever be able to feel the love of a parent, the love of a child, the love of a family member, the love of a preacher, the love of an Almighty God. When you get to hell, there's no love in hell. I'm telling you, love's not allowed there. Love is not accepted there. When you get to hell, you are separated from love forevermore. To never feel love again. I don't know about y'all, but I'm thankful for love. And I'm thankful that I can feel the love of my spouse and the love of my kids, but most of all, the love of an Almighty God. But when you get to that place called hell, there's nobody else to hug. There's nobody else to kiss. There's nobody else to love on. I'm telling you, love is robbed from your life to never experience it again. You're completely separated from love. 
When we talk about heaven, we talk about us being there and them around the throne. We talk about the children of God being there and singing the praises. But not when we look into hell, we see it's a place of isolation. It's not a group of people we see. I've heard people say, boy, I can't wait to die and go to hell so I can party it up and live a good life. When you get to hell, you're going to be all by yourself. When Abraham looked into hell, he didn't see but one person. And he saw the rich man. When the rich man looked into paradise, he seen the saints of God. He seen them all together. I'm telling you, hell is a place of isolation. You won't have a party. You won't have a group of friends. I'm telling you, you will be isolated. You will have, you will have darkness. You will be alone for all of eternity. All of eternity, you'll be alone. When the kids and the family goes out of town, inside my heart, I don't say it outside, but inside I think, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And that first night, I'm getting them eyes, I know that. And that first night, I'm thinking, oh, this is awesome. But after that first night, I'm thinking, boy, I miss them. Oh boy, I miss that noise. I didn't think I'd ever miss that racket, but I miss it. And oh, I miss my wife. Oh, I miss that smiling face. Oh, I miss the love of them kids running in the house. Buddy, that's what hell's going to be like. And you'll have your full senses. You'll know who you are and where you are. And you'll know that nobody is there. Completely separated from all love and all family. Praise God that when I get to glory land, all of my family that knows Jesus and Him crucified is going to get to go with me. We grab about, well, are you going to know Him? It don't matter if you're going to know Him. We're going to be together with the Lord in the air. Praise the Lord. Hell's not that way. Notice the shout from hell in verse 27. This man lived a horrible life, but he didn't go here because he was a bad man. He went here because he was a lost man. He went here because he denied Jesus as his personal Savior. In verse 27, he said, I pray thee, a man that wasn't even saved is praying from hell. I pray thee, therefore, Father, would send, send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Oh, if we could hear the voice of Stephen Hawking today. Say, he's real, folks. Oh, could you imagine the torment that he's in? But he's thinking, oh, if I could just go and tell them that I messed up, that I got it wrong, that God is real, heaven is real, hell is real, that I messed it up. Oh, if I could just go and tell them. I'm telling you, everybody in hell is a believer of Jesus Christ today. Everybody in hell is one of the greatest preachers that you can imagine. And he said, oh, Abraham, would you let me go back? i got five brethren. Oh, he's praying from hell, folks. He's praying from hell. I pray that you'll let me go and preach unto them. Let me just tell them, oh, if, if one would raise from the dead, they'll become a believer. Oh, let me go. I'm telling you, everybody in hell today is preaching and praying, oh, that my family would go to heaven. Oh, that my family would never go here. You never thought about hell people praying for you. But people in hell are praying for you to be saved. There's folks in hell today burning in eternal life and I 
isolation praying that there's not one person at promised land that leaves this service today lost and undone without God or His Son. Not only do you have heaven praying for you, but you got hell praying for you. And He said, i got five brethren that need to be saved. Oh, my family, I don't want them to go here. They need to know Jesus. They need to get saved. He said, let me go from the dead and they'll believe. He said, no, they're not going to believe. If they don't hear Moses and the prophets, one raising from the dead is not going to make the difference. They got to listen. They got to hear the sermon. They got to hear the preaching of hell and heaven. And they're going to have a choice, just like you had a choice, rich man. And they're going to make that choice whether to accept Christ and apply Him as their personal Savior or to deny Him to go to that place called hell along with you. And they got a choice to make, but if they don't listen, they made their choice. You listen to me. God's never sent one person to hell. Everybody in hell is there because they chose to be in hell. Every person that is there today is there because they chose to be there. God didn't wake up one day and say, well, I don't like you. You go to hell. I don't like you. You go to hell. In fact, God did the exact opposite. That He loved you so much and He saw you were on your way to hell. And He said, I'm going to send Jesus. And I'm going to send Him to the cross. And I'm going to give Him my only begotten Son, that they may believe in Him so they'll never perish. They'll never die without Me. Oh, God did everything for you to be saved. If you're going to go to hell, you're going to have to go through some roadblocks. Number one, you're going to have to go across Calvary to get to hell. When I was born, I was on a path straight to hell. God put Calvary in my path. He put Jesus in His death in a sacrifice in front of me. You may go to hell, but you're going to have to trip over the cross doing it. I'm telling you, God will do anything and everything to save your soul. And He's already done it. And not only do you have that, but you have the preacher up here telling you right here, right now, that hell is a real place. And if you deny the Lord today, there's going to be a day that God's going to say, do you remember at that morning at Promised Land that I tried to tell you, I tried to warn you, I tried to let you know that Jesus is real. I don't know about you, child of God, but it rips my soul out to think that people would reject the grace of God and go to that place called hell. It has, man, it has had me in a place of weeping and wailing this week, thinking that the smartest man of our generation went to that place called hell. Oh, God, would you be saved today? Oh, would you be saved today? Hell is real. Heaven is real. And real people go there every day. Preacher, it's getting close to lunchtime. Who cares? Hell's coming. Preacher, we got a busy day. Who cares? Because eternity is for eternity. And you got right now. You're not guaranteed tonight. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. You're not guaranteed next week. You're guaranteed right now. Right now's the accepted time. For you to be saved, don't wait anymore. Be saved right here today. You say, preacher, I'll wait. I'll put it off. I've got more time. Can you imagine when those eight souls got on the ark and they shut that door and the rain began to come and the floods began to come and the families that mocked and ridiculed Noah for what he preached. As that, as that ark began to live, they were swimming and just pounding on that door. Oh, Noah, let me in. Oh, Noah, let me in. Oh, I got it wrong. I messed up. Let me in. Oh, let me in. I'm losing my family. I'm losing everything I got. Just open the door. 
Friend, when the judgment of God comes, it's too late. Right now is when you walk through that door. Jesus said, I'm the door. Jesus said, I'm knocking on your heart. If you'll open, I'll come in and I'll sup with you. Oh, would you be saved today? Let's get ready.